0: Welcome to the Writer Dojo, with your host, Steve Diamond. That's me. And Larry Correa. Hola.
1: Today's episode, Resolutions.
2: Everybody, we are back. We are back. I'm going to use a joke I used before. We're back like Backstreet. You know, I never understood that, Larry, because that was in their first album. I never understood how they could be back.
0: I, I kind of missed out on that. On, on, I, I, I was never really uh, on the, uh, the teen heartthrob uh, bandwagon. <laughs> I was. So dreamy. <laughs> no, I, well, so welcome back to, uh, we are now season two of Writer Dojo. That's right. So, uh, so it's, uh, this is going to air right after the new year. Uh, we were recording this right before the new year. This episode is brought to you by my daughter wrecking a car. So I had to drive her to work. So we went ahead and got together while I was in town <laughs>
2: uh she she's safe by the way everything's fine
0: she's fine but uh yeah the, black the ice people black ice is dangerous yeah
1: oof
2: all right Larry happy new year to you uh I hope you had a good Christmas I know I did
0: yeah it was great uh happy new year to all the supporters and fans uh before we get going on this episode i big be new, new season last season was a success we learned a lot as we went yeah Uh, we, we figured out technical difficulties as we went.
2: (laughs) Yeah. We, we learned that Steve should never be allowed to edit anything.
0: Uh, big thanks to producer Jack because we discovered just how important he was when he was out almost dead with COVID, uh, for a few weeks there. We tried to get by without him and.
2: No, I was bad at that job, Larry.
0: Yeah, we sucked. (laughs) (laughs) And a special thanks to Craig Naibo, uh, who is letting us use his studio. Yep. Uh, Craig is Awesome. Yeah, and, Craig's
2: great. He's He's been a big help to us. He comes in and makes sure that we don't sound super sucky when we get into the uh, into the booth.
0: Yeah, so major props to those two guys because without them, uh, this would not exist. Uh, we Steve and I talked about this project for years and years before we ever actually did it. And so the fact we got one season knocked out uh, was entirely because of those guys helping us.
2: All right, Larry, it's New Year's, which means we have to do the thing that everybody does, Larry. It's rule. Yep. New Year's resolutions, baby.
0: It's New Year's resolution time. Writer perspective. That's right. Uh, so what we want to do this year is we want to talk a little bit about what we have done uh, this year and, and, and how as writers you set goals for yourself. And also uh, we have good real life examples from the two of us of how you set the most realistic goals you you can, uh, of things you want to accomplish as a writer, but you don't always accomplish them. And when you don't, um, you learn from it, but you don't beat yourself up.
2: Or in my case, you'd just beat yourself up anyway.
0: Yeah. Um, so as far as New Year's resolutions from last year and the goals <laughs> we set, uh, Steve Steve got his butt kicked. Twenty twenty one kicked Steve's butt.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me give you the brief summary. <clears throat> so let's see. Uh, I I got into twenty twenty one. I've been at my new job for a year, and uh, and things were going okay. And then, you know, for, for quite a while into 2021, things were going pretty smooth. And then on about January 2nd of 2021, I mean, everything went poorly. So, uh, <clears throat> it didn't actually take that long. Uh, my shoulder started feeling like garbage and everything was bad. Now, before I had surgery in June, a couple good things happened. And that was, uh, I finished the draft of servants of war. That was good. And mainly that was because I think Jim Mintz threatened to come and murder me.
0: Yeah, we, um, we were up against a pretty hard deadline on that one. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, it's bad when the, uh, the editor comes to you and goes, hey, where's my manuscript? I need it like right now. If you guys want to have an e-arc, I need a manuscript ASAP. Yeah. Um,
2: so, so I did that. That was cool. Oh, yeah. It came out really then, good. Uh, and then um, I realized I had to have shoulder surgery. And that was conveniently a couple days after I was supposed to uh, participate in our shooting class, Larry.
0: Uh, yeah, we did a big, ri- well, it wasn't all writers, but it was about half writers. Uh, we did a big shooting extravaganza at my place this year. Um, Steve, Steve.
2: I lasted like two megs. Yeah. And then my shoulder swelled up so hard I couldn't even lift my arm.
0: Yeah, we had a guy who was a special forces medic was taking care of the uh, medical stuff. Yeah, and he he talked to Steve for like a couple minutes. He's like, "No, dude."
2: Yeah, <laughs> it was rough.
0: <laughs> you need to stop.
2: So the the recovery from that was garbage and horrible. And then uh, a little bit later, um, getting into I think it was into late september Uh, I I my arm just wasn't healing. It just sucked. Um, and right around that time is when the final edits. Basically, the, the big edits came back for Servants of War. Yep. I did most of those in the evenings while I was on vacation.
0: And this is about the same time we filmed a whole, or uh, recorded a whole bunch of episodes yep. of this podcast. That's that right. we had started right before that.
2: Yeah. So we were, we were slammed. Um, got all that done, came back, and then discovered I had to have surgery again. So this is news for a lot of people. I had to have a second shoulder surgery to um, basically clear out all the scar tissue and everything in my shoulder. They knock you out. They windmill your arm while you're unconscious. And I guess you can hear, well, for me anyway, they could hear the sound of all the scar tissue popping and breaking, like, in the entire room. That's gross. Yeah, and then they cut in, burn it all out, and then you wake up, and that first day when you wake up, that was the worst pain I've been in in my entire life.
0: Now, how did that affect your writing goals? (laughs) <laughs> for that time period.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing I did the, uh, I got the, the draft of uh, Servants of War done earlier in the year because I got nothing done.
0: Yeah. Well, then the last few months of the year too, you got completely hammered.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of work stuff going on. Um, you know, the company that I'm part of, uh, had some investment uh, some private equity investment people come in and just drop a ton load of money on us.
0: Yeah, so you guys know Steve as a uh, as a writer, but his his day job he's a finance guy. He's a he's the head accountant for a for a, co- yeah, for a company. I'm,
2: yeah, I'm the controller for a software company, so yeah. I'm in charge of all finance and all HR.
0: Yeah, so yeah, when I say he got his butt kicked, he was working like 70 hours a week.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that that pretty much ruined me, uh, and it and it literally isn't until last week. Uh, that that I started being able to live again.
0: Which is why we were recording tonight.
2: Seriously, my daughter my, my daughter made me so sad. Um, I was working so many hours, she came over to me uh right after I it was like two days before Christmas. She goes, Dad, are you gonna be home for Christmas? Oh, oh man. Ho, ho, ho. I just about died. Oh right in the fields man. Know, I, know I know that feeling right there. I'm going, oh like that's the like that's the question that you see on all of the it's like the stereotypical question on all the on all the like Hallmark movies. <laughs> like the bad dad that's never home. His daughter asks him like You're the bad like, guy. Like when are you gonna come home? I'm like, Oh man, I only write bad guys. I'm not supposed to be one.
0: Yeah. And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so so it, it's it's rough.
2: Like Think about it though,
0: what, what were the goals that you set at the beginning of the year? Uh, so going into 2021, what were you planning on doing? So,
2: yeah. So, so my goals going into 2021 were, I did want to finish Servants of War. That was on my goals. So, you know, I actually checked that one off, you know, pat myself on the back. Well, I, I would, but I can't, my shoulder doesn't reach that far back anymore. But, um, that was one of the main goals. The other goal was to finish the edits of the sequel to Residue, which did not happen.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: and then another one was to, I wanted to have half of werewolf cop written and that totally didn't happen.
0: So do you go in when you, when you do this, do you have project in mind is the goal or do you do it by word count over time? Project. Project?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Cause for me, since I'm a discovery writer, it's all kind of like like the word count doesn't really matter to me that much.
0: It's harder to pin down what you're going to have. Mm-hmm.
2: Now for, for young adult, I know that my young adult novels, um, it's funny. Like I don't, I don't plan them at all really, but they end up at 70,000 words, almost on the dot. Like,
0: which is kind of like the low end of ideal for YA, for, right?
2: For YA, that's a golden. That's golden? like, that's the perfect, like between 60 and 70 is considered perfect. Oh, Okay. Um, and so that's, that's where I was at. Um
0: Yeah, cuz for my stuff it usually comes in about 120,000 a mm-hmm. book uh, with 140-150 being, you know, the top end. Right. And I've done a few that are 200 uh, yeah. 200k. Now the problem with those is they do take longer to produce obviously. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, so you you set some pretty lofty goals. Basically you had the goal for about two books once you sure. factor in the, the like yeah. overall percentages between
2: edits and, and yeah. book two book you know a book and a half plus edits um you know i had to do, i actually had to do edits on a on a novella that i was writing for someone um it was a project for dan wells um i don't i don't know if that's actually going to happen now though um the novella was written but um and and i and me and, and another guy, you know Dan Smythe. Yeah, we wrote a good that. Guy. Yeah, we wrote that that novella together. It's like fifteen thousand words. Um, it turned out really, really well, but we're we're just not sure if it's if it's actually going to go anywhere. Um, if it's going to get picked up, if it doesn't, it doesn't. That's fine. We're we're actually okay with that.
0: Is this the one that you told me about with the? Uh...
2: This is Samurai Seven in Space. Ah, okay, gotcha. But like cyberpunk horror version because it's me.
0: Yeah, cool. Basically, any project you give Steve, just you're going to go ahead and tack horror on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that's just going to be a given. Oh, yeah. That's what I do. Now, so, so okay, so my goals, uh, so going into 2021, 2020 sucked for me right. uh, like it did for a lot of people. But we yeah. also had, um, uh, my wife had cancer in 2020. So we yeah. also had the, uh, the the one-two punch of, she's fine, by the way, guys, she's, yeah. she's, she's fine now. Um, but we had the one, two crunch of that and it just kind of made 2020, probably the least productive year I've had in a very long time. Um, as far as it, it just not a lot of energy, uh, not a lot of excitement. I still actually got, uh, quite a bit of stuff done about, wrote about a book and a half. So it going into 2021. I set goals. I wanted to do about two and a half books. That right. uh, was what I was shooting for. Um, and actually, I did okay. I was gonna say you. I think you basically got there pretty close. Because uh, well, so I had a few. Uh, so basically, ninety percent of Monster Hunter Bloodlines was written in twenty twenty one. Because I started that in twenty twenty, but that was the project I was trying to get going on when everything in the world was just crap. Uh, so moved into twenty twenty one, knocked that out. Had the book tour for that in I want to say uh, July or August. I think is when, or I think August. So first part of the year, I did uh, uh, Monster Hunter Bloodlines, got that done. Uh, then I did— um, I think it was ours. Ours. I, I moved into um, the one with uh, Steve called Servants of War, which will be out in— um, I think it's March, March 1st. March 1st?
2: Yeah. that's the, At least that's what Amazon says. Yeah. And I believe everything Amazon says later.
0: And then I had a couple things po- little things pop up in the year that actually kind of uh, messed with my my writing schedule but it came out really good. I did a couple short stories too because I always do a couple short stories between every book. Yeah, Palette Uh for different anthologies and whatnot. Uh however, I did a project that's kind of weird. I did a project called Lost Planet Homicide for oh, Audible. I love that. Uh that was this that was 2021 also. Was. Uh first part. I squeezed that in and it was it's, it's a, just a novella but it came out really good. And I actually have squeezing in the second one of those now here at the End of the year, and I'm almost done with it. I just need to write the final fight scene. Nice. Um, but that one did really good. It was really popular, really well received. It's free on Audible. Oh, good.
2: I'm um, forward to reading that one here.
0: Yeah. And actually, I'll send it to you. It's pretty yeah. cool. It's more, you know, greedy space cop. Well, yeah. Uh, I tell you, the challenges for novel novellas I'm finding, is a short story, you go in, you, you only have a little bit of room to work. And so you go in, boom, boom, and you're done, right? And if you leave things hanging, you leave them hanging. A novella gives you just enough extra room to hang yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where you over you overpromise and underdeliver, don't do that. You want to you want to oh, you want to underpromise and overdeliver. Yeah. Uh, but I'm working on that right now. And then I also had pop up this year a, um, I have announced that there's another Monster Hunter coming out with a, a Monster Hunter memoirs uh, called Monster Hunter Memoirs Fever with Jason Cordova. Jason, yeah. And we went ahead and uh, I started work on that. And then I also started work on and I did the first few chapters of the fourth book. Of the Saga of the Forgotten Warrior. Well, actually, it's about the first act of that. And I started that. And it's uh, number four. is called Ta- Tower of Silence is the working right. title. Um, and that's that's a five-book series. Really popular. For now. Oh, uh, yeah. It's going to be a five-book series.
2: This is what Robert Jordan
0: said later. Yeah, well, this story is a five-book series. Uh, <laughs> I'm, right not, I'm not going to go down the Robert that's Jordan path. That's the right answer. Where, where, where someone's going to have to, like, finish this after I die, 18 books in. Uh <laughs> the, the way Monster Hunter's going, I better live a while because that, that series just keeps getting bigger. Yeah, no kidding. So I actually, I actually came fairly, fairly close yeah. to my production goal. I, I probably didn't get the overall word count I was hoping for. Now, I was
2: going to say you measure in word count, right? I do.
0: Yeah. So for me, be, I have a, I have a, I have a goal of ten thousand words a week when I'm writing. Right now, obviously, so I can't do you know five hundred and. 500,000 words a year yeah. because you're not writing every week. Um because you got editing time, uh you got you got downtime, you got book tour time. Uh there's all this other stuff. Theoretically vacations, some people do that. I don't know. I mean, I've done that like twice. I'm not
2: sure what that is in my
0: life, but uh
2: all my PTO is for shoulder surgeries this year. <laughs> that was my vacation.
0: I think my my oldest daughter was uh like 19 before my family went on a vacation together, you know what I mean? So uh yeah, no. So I actually so I but overall for the year I I did get pretty close to to the yeah. goal that I set going in.
2: Okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um man, you know, I, I look yeah. at it and and I think um I I think one of the things that we always talk about is is how to be prolific. Um you know, half the, the really, really successful authors that we see, not not the ones that hit lightning in a bottle, right? I don't yeah. want to talk about them. They're aberrations.
0: Yeah, and a lot um, of those guys don't harness that lightning in the bottle. They get the lightning and then, boom, they're flash and then they're Right.
2: Dead. But, you know, I, I think of the, you know, the use. Um, you know, Brandon wasn't lightning in a bottle when he started. Oh, no, um, he,
0: he ground out for he, years.
2: He ground out but and he produces. And even now that he's doing exceptionally well.
0: Yeah, he um, did Elantris and Mistborn before he got the— uh, right. Robert the Robert Jordan whole, yeah. deal. And to be fair, that Robin Jordan deal basically was basically tacked like an additional 20 years of XP onto his campaign. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, for sure. For so yeah, that, he, was, yeah, that he, was huge for him.
2: He found some XP exploit in there.
0: Yeah. Most of us don't get uh, uh, an opportunity like that. But if you do, by golly, grab on with hands, well, and, and that's he did. exactly
2: what he did. Yeah. And that's my point is, is there's so many people that, you know, they set expectations for themselves and they set goals for themselves. Um, and we, A lot of times they, sometimes they get them and that's great. Sometimes they fall just a little short and that's okay too. Um, sometimes, uh, they just completely miss the boat, which, which I, which was me in 2020, um, and 2019. Um, (laughs) it's been a long, it's been a long few years, Larry. Yes, it has. Um, you know, the whole story. Oh, I do.
0: Uh,
2: So, you know, I, I, what I want to do is, I want to go to break, and then we come back. I want to talk about managing the expectations and what that means, um, because it, it means very different things for very different people. I think uh, the goals that I have for myself and the way I manage them are different than the goals you have for yourself and the way you
0: manage them. Yeah, that's a good thing. We'll talk um, about that when we come back, and and also kind of like give some people some ideas of like uh, what's realistic for them. Yeah, at, at the stage of being a writer that mm-hmm. they are.
2: Yep, I think so. All right, so we'll be right back uh, and enjoy this message from our adorable sponsors.
1: A half-century-old curse lies over the small community of Bridgewater ever since Sarah Chase died in a car accident during a teen angst-driven game of chicken back in 1962. She perished in the backseat of a 1961 Impala accompanied by a group of boys who called themselves the Big Four. She screamed as the car careened through a guardrail and plunged into the icy river water beneath. The four boys survived. Sarah did not. Teenagers still race and party at the Milvian Bridge where Sarah's car went over, especially on the anniversary of her death in hopes of catching a glimpse of her unsettled ghost. But the partying teenagers of Bridgewater don't know that in life, Sarah belonged to a group of teenage girls who practiced witchcraft. They don't know that Sarah seeks to use her powers from the grave to avenge her unrequited vendetta. They don't know that Stan Corliss, the driver of the Impala that terrible night and the unpronounced protector of Bridgewater, has passed away, freeing Sarah to unleash her anger. Dead Girl by Craig Naibo is available on Amazon and is free for Kindle Unlimited subscribers. Pick up your copy today.
2: And we are back
0: to season 2 of Writer Dojo.
2: That's right, season 2. And uh, in between season 1 and 2, you know, rest assured people, no sharks ate me.
0: I know it was close. That's what the real reason T told people, the real reason he lives at like 5000 feet above sea level in the mountains. Sharks that's right. Yeah. He'll lie and tell you it's like job opportunity yeah. or whatever. No, it's sharks. No,
2: really. no. The chances of me being eaten by a shark at high altitude are slightly less than elsewhere.
0: <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. That's yeah. He, he avoids all bodies of water.
2: You have no idea how many, how many, uh, like, shark-related messages I get in it these days.
0: If you read uh, Son of the Black Sword, for those of you that read Son of the Black Sword, you know I have, like, in the, the mythologist world where people avoid water deeper than you can see your feet. Yeah, that's like Tuesday that's for me. Because it, of demons. But in Steve, that's just normal. That's just how, you know, puddles.
2: Sharks are demons. It's the same thing. <laughs> you know, oceans, swimming pools, large Puddles. That was a you never know.
0: We, we I don't know how we're gonna uh, do that for Halloween this next year. You neither. Um, <laughs> so we were talking about uh, uh setting realistic goals for ourselves right. and uh, then not beating ourselves up. You know, I see a lot of writers will set really super unrealistic goals. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, that are well, and I and frankly, i I'm, I'm guilty of this myself. I yeah. always have the best intentions. And good intention is important and having a work ethic and lofty goals is great as long as you don't kill yourself trying to reach the unachievable. Why are you staring at me so hard? <laughs> hey, I can't say anything because uh, I've averaged two books a year for 12 years now.
2: That, and man, that's impressive. That's impressive.
0: Well, I say that, but some of these indie guys—they're—they're they're doing. To be fair, they're doing shorter novels, but some of these guys are doing eight books a year.
2: That's crazy. I can't even fathom. But that.
0: then again, they're also—they're—they're they're in a position. They're in a difficult position because their business is kind of expecting six or eight books a year, yeah. And they're that's cranking true. them out, and they're shorter novels. But the problem for those guys is, when you do that, you don't allow yourself a lot of revision time. Um. So those guys, they got to make the best shot they can, and then just go. So it's a kind of a, it's a different mindset, different business model. Um, so those guys are setting pretty lofty goals. Right. So once again, so you got to kind of like look at your business and, and the specifics of where you're at. And if you're starting out guys and you're, you don't have a business model yet, you need to pick out which one you're going to be on. Um, cause some of these guys making big money in indie are doing the pulp style, just boom, boom, boom.
2: Yeah. Almost more serialized fiction.
0: Yeah. Or they're doing like, I've seen real, 40, real like 40,000 word novels yeah. every couple months.
2: It kind of your Louis L'Amour sized.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, no. And so if they, were, if they were printed out, they'd be like these little thin paperbacks. But yeah. uh, these guys are, are, are turning this out. So if you are going that route, you got to set different uh, goals of production. One thing, too, is so when I'm talking about like for me, uh, for the business I write for, I also allow myself uh, – it I, if I didn't revise as much, if I didn't edit as much, I could write a lot more. But it wouldn't be at the standard of quality with which my fans – are expecting. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta allow yourself that, that time to perfect it. Yeah. And well, not perfect, uh, but good enough. Well,
2: no. Yeah. There's, there's no, there's no such thing as perfect. No. And, and for me, I know what really helps me is I write something and then there's a period of time in which I just don't even look at it for a while and and I come back. And for me, I have a really short memory when it comes to things. And so when I come back to the, to the stories that I've written and I read them again, um, I, I I'm reading them with fresh eyes. And it's it's really easy for me to pick out where there's faults and where there's things. I mean, shoot with 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 servants of war. You know, I finished that in March. Um, you were um you were doing the draft uh, the changes to the draft in between a couple projects um, right up until September. You turned the draft back over to me and um and I did the final edit and added a couple scenes, stupid romance scene. I added a couple <laughs> scenes. Uh, you know, and, and tweaked a bunch of stuff basically in September. Um, yep. by the time it was done, it's about 150,000 words. And that's pretty big. That's a, it's a pretty big novel. And, but as I was going through it, um, and, and I don't know if this is good or bad. I think it's just an observation, but it was, I couldn't tell, I couldn't tell what part was me and what part was you really, as yeah. I was reading through it, um, with, with one character exception. Um
0: well cuz I leave Christoph cuz you leave Kristoff you yeah. Christoph alone. The only Christoph changes I made and he's kind of kind of the sort sort of a bad guy. Yeah, yeah, we you yeah. You, you
2: adjusted some of his motivations
0: quite a bit. I, I I did his motivations, but as far as his actual personality, I did very little changes. No,
2: yeah, and 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 I went through and and that was where I was doing a lot of tweaks what and stuff What his motivations on
0: my mostly changed cuz between our initial draft and when we did the final draft, we We looked more at, from our original outline, what we were lacking in that universe, as far as how the universe worked. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that was more, we just adjusted fire strategically.
2: But the interesting thing is I was going through it, it was very easy for me to not feel attached. And so I was just going through, it didn't matter. Like, I've worked with editors before where, you know, I've turned in a story and then there's a really short turnaround and it comes to me. And, and maybe this is a shortcoming of my own and that's, I, I feel like, like I'm too attached to the words that I've written down. And so I'm loath to change too many of them and I'm loath to cut too many of them. I'm loath to take, to take the editorial advice that's given to me. Yeah. But because there was just enough time in between the draft I gave to you and then the one you returned to me for edit, um, I didn't care. I was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna, I, I was just, I was super merciless about it. And I was just going through and changing things. It didn't matter to me at that point.
0: One of the things that I recommend for people is take a break between when you finish the rough draft, and when you go back and do edits, even if it's a week or two, because what happens guys is your subconscious brain will fill in gaps. Yeah. So you're creating something. And even though you didn't actually put this line in, in your brain, you did because you thought it. Uh, and so like your memory has recorded it as actually being in the book. Uh, I've done this before where I've like uh, edited stuff out and forgot it. <laughs> I, I've done where I've thought I've added stuff in and I had not uh, because you're too close to the project. So what yeah. you need to do is you need to disengage, go do something else for a couple weeks. I like to go write a couple short stories in a different universe is what I like to do. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I, we've talked about a short story episode before we've talked about shorts. Um, but I, I like to go do that because it's a palate cleanser. Then when I come back to the manuscript, you know. I now have a. I now have this uh, this distance, so I can look at right. it more critically.
2: Yeah, be a bit more objective with it, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Objective is a good way to look at it, and also it gives you a chance to get a couple short pieces of fiction out there, also, mm-hmm. which to help build up your portfolio and get you know put some stuff in some anthologies. Yeah, know, get
2: get some subway money coming
0: in, maybe. Yeah, and so when you're setting your goals, like I yeah, set my true. goals that's always.
2: That's not true, Larry. No one buys
0: subway. Oh, no one should. Yeah, buy subway. Yeah, back in the old days, remember back when subway was good. I mean, in the olden times. Well, no, back when we worked at Woodbury, it was actually fairly. Was, it was. It was before. Is... It was the pre-Jared. Uh, <laughs> back when the five-dollar long still had a sufficient amount of food on them, like they had meat. <laughs> it was before all the, you know, all the scandals and and horribleness of Subway. This I feel
2: like I feel like I can like I can write that that Elron meme, you know? Like I was there 10,000 years ago or speak whatever to it was. Me of the
0: old magic witch, I was there before Jared. Wasn't <laughs> <laughs> bad. Actually one of the some one of the coolest machine gun collections I ever saw was I knew this guy in Alabama who owned like like 20 or 30 subways and uh franchisees uh franchises and he had a great machine gun collection. It was fantastic. Wow, <laughs>
1: Man, okay. Are some, we are totally diverged.
0: So I subway to machine guns. So uh, as I one does, maybe it's,
2: maybe it's not that far apart. Um, all right. So, so one of the, one of the things I think that, that I hope that that has been kind of sort of clear that we've, that we've talked about is time, allowing yourself time and understanding how much time you have, not just for writing, but as you, to your point, Larry, and, and, and kind of the point that I was trying to make too is, is, just an, a, enough space to give yourself a, a break from that writing so that you could come back and edit it right.
0: Yeah. So take that into account when you're setting your goals for the year. Also, give yourself a little leeway yeah. um, uh, 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 for failure. Yeah. Everybody fails. Every artistic endeavor fails. Every athlete fails. Every businessman fails. And that's okay. It's, it's okay. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's like that old Michael Jordan commercial where it's like I missed – 8,000 free throws and he just goes through all his giant list of failures and he's the goat, you know? That's right. And so it's the same thing for writers. Um, you're going to screw stuff up. You're going to miss deadlines. You're going to fail. What you're going to get judged on is how well do you deal with that? How well do you get back in the saddle? How well do you go and keep producing?
2: Right. And you got to understand too, I think that, that there's a lot of ancillary factors that come into play. It's, you know, I, we, we've talked before that, you know, when I sit down, when I, when I take PTO from work to go work on other things, yeah. uh, cause I don't take vacations apparently.
0: Yeah. You take PTO from one job to do another job.
2: Basically. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, take a week off and then I'll write for that entire week. Now there's good and there's bad to that. The good is I get crap done. The bad is that I never take breaks. Yeah. And, um, and I almost feel like my brain is conditioning itself this way to, to only binge right. But, um,
0: that's probably a bad habit to get into. You, you remember the old Stephen Covey seven habits, highly mm-hmm. effective people thing. One of those seven habits was sharpen the saw. Yeah. Cause if you're sawing wood nonstop, the saw is going to get dull. Yes. So you got to stop once in a while and sharpen the saw. Yeah. And that's how your brain is. Yeah.
2: Well, and the good, the good of this though, at least I felt is that, I can see, I see how productive I can be in, in a period of time, in a short period of time, when all I'm doing is dedicating myself, um, my, my work time, you know, my nine to five to writing. And, and I think, okay, I actually accomplish quite a bit during that time when I treat it like it's my day job. Yeah. So if, if I'm ever fortunate enough to be able to do this full time and let me segue into something. Really quick, Larry.
0: I know where this is going.
2: You know where this is I going.
0: This is, yeah. <laughs> Go
2: it turns out there's someone out there who dislikes it. When I say that, Larry, did you know that for 99 cents a month, you too can help support Steve and Jack help us lift ourselves from the gutters of day jobs into the palaces in the clouds of being self-employed and work from home so but someone doesn't like it
0: when halfway, I say this, Larry. halfway through last season this started as a running gag when we started doing the supporter thing uh, yes. there are perks to be a supporter and I, I and, and the joke was I wasn't gonna do that because like I don't care because I'm just doing this for fun mm-hmm. but then Steve and Jack were both like dude shut up you big snoot because we have day jobs still we love supporters <laughs> that's great and so I was like, "Oh yeah, valid point." You know, that was just me being selfish. Uh, and so it became kind of a running joke from that point. And apparently, someone who sent sent a letter to Jack was a little bit offended. Like, how dare you, Steve? You should be willing to do this for free because you're an artist.
2: That's right. That's right. <laughs> I don't. I don't need actual bucks. I need exposure bucks, Larry. So yeah, you should um,
0: be thankful. Yep. So it, it's just a joke, guys. Don't, you know, we, we love you. And, uh, but some people, some people, uh, you know, that, that, when Jack forwarded that email on, I just laughed and, and uh, it was, it was And great. I, and I vowed to mention it as often as I could. <laughs> yeah. You got to understand guys, we're, we're pretty contrarian, you yeah. know,
2: My, uh, both of us. I think both of our career, at one point we, we both realized that almost our entire careers and everything yeah. had been built purely out of spite.
0: Purely out of spite. Um. Okay. So on that note, (laughs) our homework assignment for you guys, I think we're about out of time. So our our homework assignment for you guys is as writers, depending on where you are in your career, come up with some realistic resolutions Mm -hmm. for yourself for New Year's. If you're starting out, I want you to set some resolutions about what are you going to do this year to get your book done? Um, If you've been doing this a while... I want you to set some, you know how you work, set some realistic production goals. of I want to write one and a half books this year. I want to write 75% of a book this year, whatever it may be. And then also to be fair, give yourself a little, you know, 10, 20% envelope there of if life sucks and kicks you when you're down, that you don't beat yourself up. I mean, I love NaNoWriMo for one reason, because it teaches people that they can actually create a whole bunch of art really quick. I also kind of hate it, and then a lot of people think that that's normal. Yeah. You know, I I do this for a living professionally full-time. Have I written 50,000 words in a month? Oh, yeah, all the time. I've done sure. it up, many times. I, I mean, I wrote the last half of Servant's of War in a week. Yeah, I mean, so 40,000 words to me in a month is completely normal, and 50,000 is – I've actually – my record is one day is 16,000 words. Uh, that's because it was Son of the Black Sword – uh, we we the the production date. Oh, that's for it, right, I remember that. Yeah, pr- the production date for Son of the Black Sword. I thought I had plenty of time, yeah. but uh, it got moved up a couple months.
2: And, and then you sent it to me, and you're like, "I need feedback." I'm like, "Oh, okay. When? Tomorrow?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> so yeah, you can do this stuff, but honestly, this is the kind of thing you do once you have some practice, and you don't do that all the time because you do burn out. Mm-hmm. Very few people keep up that level of production uh, consistently over time. You need to sharpen that saw.
2: Well, and and the other thing too is. If you're, especially if you're a beginner, um, I see a lot of people comment on Facebook these days. Um, and I, and when it comes to stuff that's related to writer dojo, I'm, I'm actually pretty, pretty commented, commenty. Yeah.
0: You actually I respond to a lot a of lot, people, whatever the word is. For yeah. That. When they have questions or comments, you really, you get know, it I try to get them. on
2: there, um, and respond a little bit. And there's a lot of people asking questions, things, you know, writer craft wise and stuff. Good and that's, questions. and that's great. And they're, and they're almost always good questions. Um, In fact, I don't think there's ever actually been a bad one that someone will eventually ask a bad one and I'm looking forward to that day. But anyway, um, I'll do my horrible voice. That's right. Uh, coming to a podcast near you, maybe next episode. Um, anyway, uh, I see a lot of people asking questions and, and I respond and a lot of people respond and and everybody's been really helpful and it's been, actually it's been really great so far. But those questions where they're asking like, hey, you know, I, I'm thinking about doing this. I'll, I'll just highlight one question I saw the other day. Um, and, it, and it relates kind of to me because I've done this before. And it was the person asked, um, can you do a book where you have alternating points of view where they're in different tenses? You know, first versus third. And I said, well, well yeah. I mean.
0: Residue. Me. Yeah. You've I did that.
2: that. I did that. Um, uh,
0: monster hunter alpha
2: Alpha did that. That's yeah. right. Um, and, and I bring that up because th- she made a comment that this, this person made a comment, um, you know, further down to the thread saying something like, like, you know, I just don't know that I have the writing chops to pull that off yet. Well, here's your goal that here's your homework. Um, I'm just gonna say, I think it's Emma. I think it was, her name was Emma. Yeah. I said, look, here's your goal. Practice that. You know what? If you don't want to do it in a novel, do it in a novella, do it in a novelette, do it That's in a short story. That's
0: a good New Year's resolution.
2: You know, practice the stuff that you want to get better at.
0: Pick a skill, pick a pick a pick a area that you personally feel weak on and then get some get some time in on that. Yeah. If you don't like to write a certain kind of scene, go write, write a it. short story with that kind of scene. Mhm. You know. Uh well Steve with uh, romance. Yeah. Uh, Steve is like I just you know haven't done more. It's like well, congratulations, Steve. We need a romance scene, and so Steve had to write the romance That's
2: scene. Right. I, I I, you know kind of got into my my inner Ann Coulter, not Ann Coulter. That's the no, artist. <laughs>
0: Ann Coulter's the the. Sorry, that the, was that was Kristoff, the Fox News lady.
2: My bad. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, got my uh. There there is a is it Catherine Coulter? There's some there's anyway there's I some romance know. artist. I got my inner Nora Roberts on. There you go. And uh and you know did my romance scenes.
0: Yeah. You know, if you don't, and I, we do, like, I, I'm an action guy. So I take action for, for granted, but if that's something yeah. you struggle with, I want you to go write a short story that is action or go write yeah. an action scene yeah. or horror. If you cannot write scary, you want to learn how to go put yourself out of that box. I think that's, so that's a good resolution for the year is pick something that you personally are not good at mm-hmm. and give it a shot at it.
2: Yeah. and And you know, if, if you think that, you know, if you have another, if you have other goals, you know, you want to write a book. I mean, that's certainly my goal this year, Larry. Yeah. You know, I, my, my goal is one and a half books this year.
0: You know, for, actually that's a great goal, Steve. And honestly, hopefully with the shoulder stuff being done and the yes. job stuff calming down. Look, I can lift my arm. Yeah. You, until here's the thing to done. get on it while you can before right. life comes back and gets that's weird right. again. You never know too, guys. Like when you set these goals, you don't know what the future holds. So if you got a downtime and you got a lull, by golly, get the words in while you can, because you don't know what's coming next week.
2: Right. So I think, I think those are all good goals, Larry. And, and I hope, I hope that you all can see that there's no one way to approach this. We, we say this all the time. You know, there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat. There's like 57 of them. I've done them all. Um, and I've written too. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I I hope what you can see is, yeah, it's good to have your goal to to get a book done and, and get something done. But it's also important to learn new skills and and get new tools to help you in that writing process.
0: You were running kind of long, but one thing I saw this year, which is actually really wholesome, it was actually a really nice thing, and it was it came about from me making fun of George Martin, as many wholesome things do. But um, what it was was uh, just one day. I made a list. I I picked the publication date of George Martin's last novel and I made a list of every single thing I had written and published since that time. And I posted it on Facebook and it was like, you know, twenty something books. <laughs> right. There was like twenty-four books and like fifty short stories. Yeah, and tons. I put that up. But what it is is then all the other writers, and I have hundreds of writers on my Facebook friends, you know, and followers and just hundreds of writers of, of from all different it became a kind of a wholesome thing because all these other writers took that same arbitrary date and they put the list too. And very few of these writers had ever taken the time to actually look at their entire body of work in a list. Uh, and so, of course, some of the bitter people are like, oh, I can't do as much as Larry did, or I can't do as such. such. That's but okay. A lot Stop of comparing guys,
2: yourself to other people. Yeah,
0: don't do that. But, but if, you, if you ever want to like, if you've been doing this a while and you really want to boost your, your self-esteem, make a list of what you have done. Make a list of the goals that you have reached and the, and the projects you have completed. Yeah, that list is a lot longer than you think it is. Yeah, especially when you start putting individual short stories in there. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. You, that's that's padding the stats. That's padding the stats. Still counts. Yeah, that's, that's throwing touchdowns on garbage time, Larry.
0: Heck yeah. So. Still counts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, we're glad to have you with us for 2022 and, and you know joining us for this, this second season of the Rider Dojo, season two, Electric Boogaloo. This is Rider Dojo. We're
0: out. Writer Dojo is Steve Diamond and Larry Correa. Produced by Jack Wilder and Bear and Hare Studios. Theme song, Word Mercenaries, by Craig Nibo If you enjoyed this podcast, you can support us by going to anchor.fm slash Dojo, or by leaving us a five-star rating or review. To advertise with the Writer Dojo, email... Ads at writerdojo.com. If you have any questions or comments, email
1: at questions at writerdojo.com. Fix it in post, Jack.